Hi, this is Cam from the Nerd Book Review, and today we are going to be bringing you a book review, The Rules of Supervillainy by C.T. Phipps. As per usual, before I start the actual podcast, let's go ahead and do the usual spiel. You can reach me on Twitter at NerdBookReview, on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdbookreview. You can email us at nerdbookreview at gmail.com. And once again, if you could rate and review us on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Cam, and we have our guest Hazen back with, or sorry, Christopher back with us today. Either works. Either works, yes. I have, for years and years, always called him Hazen, and uh, that's just what I normally do. But Chris. And then as we became adults, I became Chris. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like uh, our buddy's no longer dirt, you know? <laughs> it's hard not to say that, but... <laughs> His family and co-workers appreciate that he's Eric now. <laughs> they do. So, Chris, how are you today? I'm good. Good. So, today we did lunch before, not dinner, because we're doing a little bit earlier today. That's right. Yeah. Your That's wife right. is at school right now. Yeah. She's getting her master's degree. Oh, man. Which gives me a... a a day, day to myself. Nice. And uh, he was kind enough to take that day to record a podcast with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, we are going to, to do a, a review of The Rules of Supervillainy by C.T. Phipps. This book is just straight up entertaining. And we're going to go ahead and uh, first I will do the usual, give you the book info, the stats and all that good stuff, a little bit about the author. Um, this book is 242 pages long and was published in 2015. It is the first of six books in the series that I believe will be finished here shortly. I saw a message that when he does finish, it will put it into two omnibus. So one through three in one and then four through six in another. Um, Mr. Phipps, Charles Phipps has several series. I have read the Cthulhu Armageddon one. The first book in that, describe that one as a fallout fever dream, kind of humorous, and it's a world where the old ones, as they call it, uh, all of like Cthulhu and all those gods of old took over, and mankind is not doing well. Uh, Lucifer Star is more of a sci-fi book, and then he has one called Straight Out of Fankton, which is an urban vampire novel. Um, you're probably getting the hint that most of his books he are humorous. He doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, also, he had a book that came out this week, which is called "I Was a Teenage Were Deer." I actually, Chris, were you gonna oh, say? Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna recommend that to my wife. I think that that already <laughs> sounds like something she would love. Yeah, yeah. I talked to to Charles a little bit, and his I think he was talking about that. Yeah, he's like, well, what would be the worst were creature you could be? Like a werewolf, at least you know you like. <laughs> it's you kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Like anything else, you know, but no, a were-deer, you turn into a deer every time there's a full moon. You can't, I mean, you got to avoid getting hit by cars, basically, you know? So clearly he doesn't take himself too seriously as an author and uh, has a whole, he's he's prolific. So if you end up liking one of his books, then there's a, you know, you're going to get a ton of stuff from him. Chris, will you go ahead and read the Goodreads blurb? All right, here we go. Gary Karkovsky is an ordinary guy with an ordinary life living in an extraordinary world. Supervillains, heroes, and monsters are a common part of the world he inhabits. Yet after the death of his hometown's resident superhero, he gains the amazing gift of the late champion's magical cloak. 
Deciding he prefers to be rich rather than good, Gary embarks on a career as Merciless, the supervillain without mercy. But is he evil enough to be a villain in America's most crime-ridden city? Gary soon finds himself surrounded by a host of the worst of Falcon Crest City's toughest criminals. Supported by his long-suffering wife, his ex-girlfriend turned professional henchwoman, and a has-been evil mastermind, Gary may end up being not the hero they want, but the villain they need. <laughs> I do enjoy your uh, <laughs> your uh, reads. So I'll give my usual take. Uh, an ordinary guy gets a superhero suit by accident and decides to become a supervillain. He's kind of a good supervillain who ends up people helping people out and then robbing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right right there. Getting into our uh, the, the talks about the book itself. Right off the bat, we can tell that this book is... It's not like super deep with a lot of like plot twists and turns and things like that. <laughs> no. I kind of liken it. I thought about it as, as Steelheart by Brandon Sanderson, but a little bit more humorous, lighthearted and adult maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really funny. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And very funny. Yeah. And Gary, our super villain, the main character, he is, he's the kind of guy that he's not super competent, but he's also not like a complete <laughs> idiot, you know? Yeah. He's kind of like the guy that you would think would be a slacker, like where his wife is trying to get him to like go out and do some hard work, mm-hmm. but he's not really like into it. But at the same time, he's not like a total idiot. He's actually a pretty smart guy. He just, you know. He's, uh, I, I was trying to, there's a lot of talk between, uh, you know, superhero and supervillain as being kind of the end all be all for these people with powers. And I, I kind of, I, I was seeing it in more of the Dungeons and Dragons thing, and he's kind of chaotic neutral. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you he, are. He's he he's not evil per se, but he's definitely not a law follower. No, that's a like that's a good way to put. It. I can't believe I didn't think about that. In fact, someone just the other day were talking about that. Um, that with their books that if they were dungeons and dragons characters that these days that most most of these characters are chaotic neutral mm-hmm. and uh i can't believe i never put that that in there good that's a good point right there yeah yeah the uh yeah gary like he's not a bad guy like he's not trying to hurt people but the book starts off where he is gonna rob a bank after he gets <laughs> his suit yeah. and then a guy who's basically the joker like a psychotic joker decides to rob the bank instead while he's doing a monologue in his head the bank starts getting robbed <laughs> yeah while and, he's on the roof <laughs> yeah 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 while he's on the roof he's getting robbed and the bank's getting robbed and then he actually ends up killing the that super villain and a bunch of his henchmen mm-hmm. and then so basically the bank they're like oh we're saved now well they were saved for being killed but then he robs them anyways <laughs> You know that's that's how it starts. Mm-hmm. It, it it did have uh, shades of the beginning of the Dark Knight, yeah, which opens with the Joker robbing a bank. Mm-hmm. But if there was some other guy that was just going to jump in and do it too, and it was interrupted, <laughs> and, and it it really does a good job of setting the scene of this city and of the superheroes and supervillains in that it's that crowded with them. Yeah, that that two villains could be robbing the same bank at exactly the same time. Yeah, and the so the world I guess we should we should talk about the world is a 
I, I think he he calls it an alternate timeline, basically. Of yeah, of, there of are Earth. enough similarities that you could easily call it just yeah. a similar timeline. I think that they actually say like that they went that they went into another or another reality like going like the string theory thing where there weren't any and they're like well how was hitler killed if there weren't superheroes oh that's yeah oh he committed suicide they're like yeah. oh wow that's that's different <laughs> so yeah i forget and that that's i mean right. that, that kind of maybe that's a uh spoiler but i think that it kind of explains the world Just, yeah sort of a nod to yeah there are, there are very similar aspects to this i mean there are a lot of pop culture references yeah of you know pop culture that exists in this world yeah yeah and i mean like like he said there's you know there's thousands of superheroes and supervillains so we're not talking you know it's a rare thing way more than even in like the batman series would be mm-hmm. in this case and we're um dealing with a city it's it's a made-up city but falcon falcon what was it falcon falcon crest, crest city yeah falcon crest city and it is like a nexus or a lay zone for evil or for just supernatural energy which is why so many superheroes and supervillains you know are crowded around i guess or in the yeah. city chris what do you uh think about the book and what, what's your take on on the world and things like that it was uh it's it set up very well as zany yeah every every superhero and supervillain has kind of their their crazy niche the sort of clown not really clown that's robbing the bank initially is the ice cream man and he like (laughs) flings acid ice cream at people and (laughs) and so it really gives you that kind of this is a very uh zany world and and which for me made it colorful in my head very uh, a very uh bright vibrant world of of all of these out of control people well and and it's funny too that uh, Gary's wife Mandy is actually good, and she wants to become yeah. a super, uh, like a good superhero. Well, I guess they're all good if you're superheroes, right? And uh, so she wants to be a superhero, and he's you know looks into this suit and becomes a super villain instead. <laughs> but his wife's like, well, she threatens to divorce him mm-hmm. if he goes around just killing random people. So he's like, well, <laughs> fine, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill anybody that doesn't deserve to be killed. Mm-hmm. And that's how he kind of ends up actually killing several super villains. Yep. I mean, it's kind of like a funny, a funny negotiation they have of like, what can he do? Like, oh yeah, well you can rob banks as long as you're also like helping people and not just killing random <laughs> tellers, you know? Yeah. Or he goes off in one of his first like missions after that is he saves a uh, a rich a billionaire's daughter but he actually takes yeah, the, ra- the, takes ransom, the money. ransom and you know normally they're like oh well you know that doesn't account to you since you're a superhero you're not going to take the money and he's like no i'm taking oh, yeah. the money <laughs> what else do we have here uh we talked about that there's tons of superheroes and supervillains so the, the this the title of the book is called the rules of supervillainy he's he talks to this guy named diablo who was a supervillain himself before Diablo Man. Oh, Diablo Man, sorry. Yeah. Diablo Man. Yeah, he was a supervillain himself mm-hmm. and like one of the A-listers of superhero of supervillains before he has health problems <laughs> that cause it that be really expensive and it and it basically like ruins him financially, so he's now just a henchman. So yeah, so he's given him the rules of like number one is you don't kill superheroes. Nope. Because if you actually kill superheroes, then the superheroes will try to kill you and the public will turn against you. And, <laughs> Which is a funny thing to think of. Like, yeah. the public turning against the supervillains. Yeah. But it is a funny thing to think of. Like, yeah. And so he's like, oh, that's why 
supervillains always create these dumb elaborate traps for superheroes that they're <laughs> yeah. going to get away from. And I like how that was kind of like the, oh, that's the excuse. There's a real reason why yeah. they, they do it. The other one too, that like this kind of like screws with the supervillains is rule number two was, is that you have to, to basically flaunt your money like a rapper yeah. <laughs> and uh, do extravagant things for your, uh, your followers and for uh, mm-hmm. your, your henchmen. What did you think of Cindy? Who is the hench wench, or as she likes to call herself, the the she doesn't like to be called a hench wench. I thought it was hilarious when she shows up at a second uh, event as someone else's hench person. Like she she uh, is at a, a second gig. Yeah, what's the? She's freelance. Oh yeah, she is. She's, she's a just freelance a freelance hench person. Yes. <laughs> And she's really clear that she's a hench person, not a hench wench. Right. Yes. You have to, it's almost like a union rules, you know, you got to get the right <laughs> ones in there. But yeah. And so, uh, you know, we, we were talking about this a little bit before it, that I mean, we could keep talking about things and we, you know, we're only like 15 minutes in, so we got to keep talking about something. <laughs> but like, you know, this isn't a, it's not like a crazy deep book or anything no, like, I mean, no. it's. It it is what it is, and it is. But I it's think, a it's a popcorn read. It's oh yeah, uh, you know, it's like the the big action movies mm-hmm. where you know you're you're reading it solely for the in the moment entertainment. It's yeah, it's not gonna you know it's not gonna change your world or your mood, but no. it is so much fun. Yo yeah no, I really really enjoyed the book. I think that that what. I mentioned that, you know, that he talked about that you don't kill superheroes. That's why they create the elaborate, stupid mm-hmm. plans. And it made me think of, uh, what's the uh, Mike Myers? Uh, oh, uh, Austin Powers. Oh, yeah, Austin Powers. And he would have the sharks with the, the yeah, lasers, with on, lasers their on their heads. And, and then his son's like, just kill him. Yeah. Just shoot him. Just give me a gun and yeah. I'll take care of it. And they're like, no. That's not how it's done. Yeah, but that it's so funny to me that like to think about that, you know, just mm-hmm. as the, there's a reason in their world why they don't. Mm-hmm. Just like superheroes, they can't act. They're not supposed to kill yeah and and there we actually one thing that i guess we could talk about is that there are like a group like groups of like vigilante superheroes basically who some superheroes don't approve of because they will kill the supervillains yeah but some of the public likes them because they're like oh you're actually getting rid of these supervillains sure that's something you know that will get gary into trouble later on because Mm. of that like and that is uh it's there are so many superhero tropes in this that you know even this, you know, uh, Marvel's Civil War is kicked off by basically two different ideas of what yeah. super superherodom is, and you know, you've you've seen it more recently, maybe in uh, Marvel's Daredevil versus uh-huh. uh, Punisher, where Daredevil doesn't kill, and the Punisher is all about that. Oh yeah, he's and brutal. so there is kind of that that already exists, and and that's one thing that I really enjoyed about this book was that. It does all of the kind of prevalent superhero tropes, but it also makes fun of them. Yeah. He integrates the superhero tropes into this book in such a fun way, like in acknowledging yeah. it. Like, Yeah, it, it's it's very self-aware. Yep. So let's go ahead then and uh, I guess get into the recommendation phase. So getting into the recommendation phase are, did we like it? How did it make us feel and all that kind of stuff? Uh, Chris, did you like it? I did. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, obviously, as as we both talked, like I enjoyed, I enjoyed it quite a bit too. Um, I think that my uh, I texted Chris and said, "This thing is entertaining as heck, but it's not going to win a Pulitzer, 
but that's not what it's trying to do, you know? Yeah, no, and that's a that's a great way of putting it. It's it's so much fun to read. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it's not the, you know, it's not War and Peace. <laughs> no, it's not. But it is very much a a just sit down, enjoy. The dialogue, yeah. the banter is great. Just the way that it's the the way that it's presented is so much fun. Yeah. Now that I've switched to doing author interviews along with these, you know, I'm doing I'm trying to do four podcasts a month mm-hmm. now. So I'm pretty busy, but I still yeah. plan on getting these read, you know, all six of them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what I might end up doing too is is because especially some of these books I've been reading lately have been like dark. I'm yeah. reading one right now that I think is five star writing, but I'm having a hard I've it's been ta- it's taken me like three weeks to read it and it's five hundred pages because it's a little dense and heavy for me and I probably mm. it's kind of like I don't know that I'm in I enjoy one of the three points of view a ton. But the other two are so dark. I mean, the, the book starts off with with this guy eating a kid because he's out in the wilderness and he was, mm. this kid got like left in the wilderness because of a deformity. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'm starving. I'm going to eat the kid, you know? And you're just like, eh, that's how the book starts. It's a little bit on the, right. too dark for most people, I think, you know? But this is, I, I kind of feel like maybe I'll start reading um, some of his books in between the uh those <laughs> kind of a, a palate cleanse yeah yeah that's how i think how i told k2 that it was like a, like i think i use that exact words this mm-hmm. is a real palate cleanser and i enjoyed it and i think that uh i'm gonna i have quite a few of his books now and i think i'm just gonna start doing that reading in between mm-hmm. the, my other books you know and that's a good idea they are they're they're light yeah they're they're easy to read it's yeah, and i think most of them are in that 250 to 300 page range so yeah and with this light, easy reading it, I mean, I, I think I read it in two days, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and you probably could read it in an afternoon if you had just, yeah, if, if you were just, just sitting down. down and did it, yeah. Yeah. So clearly, um, it made us feel entertained or made me feel entertained. And Chris, that's what you had said as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, and the, just the sheer volume of pop culture references and, and easy, easy to connect other references like like the ice cream man i totally saw him like driving the the ice cream truck from twisted metal that old playstation (laughs) game i loved that game. so it was very easy to just like throw other other uh, references i guess into into this story because it's it is so out of control yeah it really is yeah and the banter between the people i mean even he'll have these long like monologues with the superheroes and the super and you know the super villains and mm-hmm. and it's just entertaining and fun and the would we recommend it to others thing i i think i would recommend it to anyone that that likes you know anything humorous i don't think yeah. that you don't need to be a fantasy fan or i mean if you like comic books then you clearly you would love this yeah comic books or uh, or also um the tick or like venture brothers um uh, I would say, uh, if you liked Doctor Horrible's sing along blog, uh, I don't know that one, but oh, that's a uh, Neil Patrick Harris did. Oh, okay. basically like a musical where he is a uh, an aspiring villain. Oh, okay. I'll yeah, have I'd, to get it, look into that. Yeah, you. I think you would see a lot of parallels in oh, this. Okay. It's, yeah, it's awesome, and uh, and that definitely this reminded me of that. Uh, as I was going through it, just the idea of like uh, getting a story from the view of the villain yeah yeah well and and just thinking along the lines of like podcasts when audible first came out mm-hmm. was one of the first uh like big sellers on it like 
this kind of this book got um, C.T. Phipps' name out there hmm. and got him his publishing deal and things because of I guess how I mean I could see how entertaining this would be if you had a good person reading this doing an audible book yeah. or audiobook. It must have done been pretty good if it sold as many I know over a hundred thousand copies on this one. So mm-hmm. and that was just on Audible I think. So anyways yeah so that would be good i i think that'd be an awesome medium to to ingest this i'd be interested oh yeah in. it's with the right uh right voices and stuff sure. like that so yeah so um on who the the main audience is and who should and shouldn't read it um i'm gonna say older teens um it wasn't super graphic was it no it was i mean no, comic book violence yeah kind of uh almost cartoony yeah violence there's i mean there's a little bit of sexualization of some of the characters i mean a lot of them end up being in kind of like the you know the sexy uh, henchwoman <laughs> type of type of costumes i think one is in a bikini at one point but yeah. even then that's yeah i i don't know if you're if you're afraid of sexualization <laughs> yeah. in in your books then why are you listening to this, yeah, <laughs> this and, podcast? Yeah, and then one thing like, oh yeah, because I mean, we don't we the kind of some of these books we've been surprisingly good for the most part, but like we're most of the books we review are realistic now, you know, like we're not. Yeah, fantasy is so much more realistic in its portrayal of people these days, you know, than yep. it used to be. You know, you're not getting away from that kind of stuff if you're reading any modern fantasy, anyways. But yeah. this, well, even though I, one thing I think is funny is, is too, is one thing with Gary, they always talk about like Cindy, who's his, I guess, hench person. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's always like, you know, you have an awful low view of, uh, of working for supervillains because she's always talking about how awesome he is to work for. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, well, what do you, like, I don't, I don't really do anything. I've almost gotten you killed all the time. She's like, yeah, but you actually <laughs> tried to stop us from getting killed. Yeah. And, and, you, and she's like, you haven't tried to sleep with me yet. Yeah. And <laughs> so, so she's like, so there, you're already the best boss I've ever had because you didn't try to sleep with me. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah, that's kind of a, uh, something that was funny to me. But Especially with the news right now. Yes. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. <laughs> it just seems like a never-ending stream of that kind of stuff these days, doesn't there? Yeah. With uh, the the Weinstein thing stuff yep. coming out now, and the world has been like this forever, but now there's cell phone videos and things that yeah. are that people are getting caught for. You know, mm-hmm. at some point, I, you're, people are either going to have to change their behavior, or People are going to have to quit voting for people who have that behavior. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't seem to be happening at no. the moment. <laughs> uh, no, not not so much. But uh, Chris, what else uh, would you like to say about the book? Oh, geez. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Oh, oh uh, one of the things I, I enjoyed was at a couple points, since we've mentioned that I, I like true crime, and mm-hmm. uh, he does mention Jack the Ripper, and uh, one of the villains uh, looks like Ted Bundy. Oh yeah. Uh, and he mentions Ed Gein, which is a more uh, more obscure reference. Yeah, I don't know who that I, is. I, I think he only pled guilty to two murders, but he was also a grave robber. Oh. That made belts out of ears, and oh, uh, there were a lot of uh, really really gross things when they oh. arrested him and found him, and and we're talking like sexual things yeah i don't know how uh i don't know what rating your (laughs) your podcast has we don't have an explicit rating okay well i'll keep it that way and not talk about ed gein anymore all righty he was a uh yeah he was a he's considered a serial killer although he didn't 
his body count isn't the same as some, some of the them. some of the big heavy hitter ones but he wasn't the person but, that was buffalo bill inspiration was he um partially i think yeah yeah that's kind of sound familiar now that you mentioned you need to mention that yeah all right then chris uh let's get into our last thing uh how would you rate it on a five-star system i would give this well i'm gonna give it a, a four plus yeah because uh you know it, it was so much fun and it's just a really enjoyable read but again it's not you know it's not a a pulitzer prize winning <laughs> yeah. work it knows exactly what it is yep and it just it buys into that so much and so it, it's so much fun to read i like i i want to go higher than the four but i also don't want to I don't want to do that for something that is just such a popcorn read. Yeah. I mean, it's a. Uh... I know I've, I'm the same thing. I'm going to give it a four, the solid four star, mm-hmm. maybe the plus, like you said, the thing. And, and part of me has to like, kind of be like, am I being a book snob in a way <laughs> or, but I just, I really, it's the same thing. Like I just you have don't... a hard time giving a five star to something that really isn't as intellectually there. Yeah. I mean, this book, he clearly hits what he's trying to do. Oh, I mean, and, and perfectly. It, yeah. And I, as I said, I read the Cthulhu Armageddon, and it's a little bit like I gave it a four star. I probably think of it more as like a 3.75. I I was I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but I can't say that that book on its own would make me run out and buy more of his books. Mm-hmm. But this book... It this, is yeah. making me get like it's it's sold me on more of his books for mm-hmm. sure, and, and and for me you had we had been just kind of figuring out what book I would mm-hmm. I would uh, guest on this for next, and and you said oh well you know there's this guy C T Phipps that I'd be interested in looking at, and I just Googled it real quick and was like that rules of supervillainy book looks pretty cool uh, we should. Yeah, we should do that. And then I ordered the first three because I was yeah. like, oh, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, it's funny. Like, I don't necessarily, I mean, w- once we get done, once I go back and listen to this and edit it, I'm like, you know, this might not have been the greatest book to do a podcast review on in terms of like just fear, sheerly, if we were going to be giving spoilers. But this is just such a fun book that I, I really do think that if the people that listen to this podcast go out and buy that book, that they're not going to regret that they bought the book. Yeah, I would say that if you, I mean, if you went and read this book and uh, as a listener of this show, if you went mm-hmm. and read this book and uh, hated it and were like, yeah, I, then... Uh, you are, I don't know. You're not not the kind of person I want to hang out with. Because <laughs> yeah. this is it, like this is just a fun thing. And yeah. if you take yourself so seriously that you couldn't enjoy this, yeah, because this is very enjoyable. If you can't, if you don't take it seriously. Oh yeah, no. That that's that. I guess that's just, like this whole time, like what we've been really trying to get at. And Chris, I mean, he's summed it up. He twice now he's thrown out things that I didn't think of as the first time. But yeah, like that. I 100% agree with him. If you couldn't enjoy this book, then you're yeah. probably not very fun to hang out no, with. No, Because, I mean, uh, or, you know, you're on some weird zealot crusade that it's <laughs> every book has to be serious, you know? Yeah. So, alrighty then. Well, I think that we probably are, uh, are pretty good on <laughs> for this episode. Well, hang on. Uh-oh. Oh, God. How did I forget this? Yeah. What do we have, Chris? Well, this uh, this book is so full of 
costumes and just I, I like I like I've said a couple of times now zaniness. And if we're going to talk metal lyrics with costumed zaniness, you know I got to quote some guar. Oh no. And at one point, I think the I think it's the red schoolgirl. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in one of in in one scene goes berserk and says kill maim destroy, which reminded me of All right. So the the guar song crush kill destroy which goes everything there ever was and all that there will ever be flesh and blood and stick and stone all is laid to waste by me (laughs) i crush you as i would a fly i kill you and i watch you die destroying everything you perish masturbating as you perish (laughs) crush kill destroy Everybody, that has been Hazen's Metal Corner. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) There was another Guar song that I read the lyrics thinking like, okay, this would be funny for this. And then I was like, no, that's not a good idea at all. (laughs) And for those of you out there who haven't heard of Guar, just look at a YouTube video (laughs) and it's something else. Uh, Chris and one of our other guests, Barry, Mm -hmm. have been to multiple Guar concerts. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what Barry's at, but uh, I have been to 13 <laughs> Guar concerts. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is insane. <laughs> All righty then. Well, Chris, uh, anything you'd like to say in closing? Nah. all right well chris thank you for being on the podcast today and i am certain for having me oh you bet (laughs) this was a fun one yeah well well, it's just such a fun book that there wasn't really any you know that was going to be uh too depressing or or take you down you know on this one so Mm -hmm. uh once again recommend it to anybody uh i said i think anyone who looks back fondly at batman forever or watched batman and robin and enjoyed making fun of it. Oh, yeah. That was... Oh, the one with Arnold? Yeah. That's got to be the worst Batman movie ever, right? Oh, uh, definitely. Oh. Where he, he falls down through the uh, through the museum ceiling and, like, Fred Flintstones it down a dinosaur's back. Oh, uh, yeah. It was awful. And Poison Ivy and... Yeah. Uh, oh, God, that was a bad movie. Yep. I did have the soundtrack, though, like, way back in, like, middle school or something like that. Hmm. A while back, I found the CD that I had the... The soundtrack yeah. to Batman. Batman Forever had, like, there was a good Offspring song on that. I think there was a good Cure song on there. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs> All right. I hope you guys enjoyed the book review tonight. Next week will be a, an interview with J.A. Andrews. She is a self-published author who had a book that was a finalist for the BookNest.eu Awards this year and a book that is a current semi-finalist in Spiffbo 2017. In two weeks, The Dragon's Legacy by Deborah Wolf will be our book review. It'll be Katie and I again. This book is her debut novel. She also had another one called The Split Feather that came out this year as well. So she has had quite the year. I hope you guys have a good night and thank you very much for listening. Bye.